Welcome to the Ponder a New Podcast. I'm Pastor Rob Myalis, and in this episode, we're going to begin a new part of the Bible. We're going to return to the book of Acts, and I'll just start with the question, do you like taking risks? Are you somebody who's more risk-seeking or more risk-averse? In this part of the book of Acts, we're going to be looking at kind of the middle section. We're going to be looking at how Jesus calls people, the, the Spirit leads people forth um, into situations that are out of their comfort zone, out of their control, and require great amounts of faith. We're going to discover that faith isn't the intellectual assent or agreement to propositions or statements of faith, but it's this living, breathing trust of of moving forward uh, with God. So without further ado, we'll get pondering anew. Chapter 9. Meanwhile, Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any who belonged to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now as he was going along and approaching Damascus, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? He asked, Who are you, Lord? The reply came, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But get up and enter the city, and you will be told what you are to do. The men who were traveling with him stood speechless because they heard the voice but saw no one. Saul got up from the ground, and though his eyes were open, He could see nothing. So they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. For three days he was without sight and neither ate nor drank. Now there was a disciple in Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, he answered, Here I am, Lord. The Lord said to him, Get up and go to the street called Straight and at the house of Judas Look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. At this moment he is praying, and he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints in Jerusalem, and here he has authority from the chief priests to bind all who invoke your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is an instrument whom I have chosen to bring my name before Gentiles and kings and before the people of Israel. I myself will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. So Ananias went and entered the house. He laid his hands on Saul and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on your way here, has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes and his sight was restored. Then he got up and was baptized. And after taking some food, 
he regained his strength. For several days, he was with the disciples in Damascus. Before we get too much into it, just a real quick uh, sort of survey of the book of Acts. The book of Acts is the fifth book in the New Testament. There's the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Then comes the book of Acts. And the book of Acts is uh, recording the Acts of the Apostles, um, or kind of even we could almost say the gospel of the Holy Spirit, and then it describes how the Spirit is at work in the early church. It, it records the events roughly from about 30 to sometime around 60 A.D., right after Jesus' um, resurrection up until uh, Paul's uh, house arrest in, in uh, Rome. And uh, during that time, we, we see sort of the movement of a, a ragtag group of, of Palestinian peasants into something that's already sort of the, the scaffolding for uh, a world religion that's going to transform, um, yeah, the whole world. Uh, and so we're going to look at the middle part here, um, probably about chapter 9. We might get up to chapter 17. Um, but but in, in this part, what I want to focus on, um, the, the first part I talked a lot about community. That was sort of the previous time we looked at the book of Acts. And we're going to continue with that theme of community because that runs throughout the book of Acts. But I want to focus in this middle part about how God um, calls us in faith to take risks. So often faith um, becomes something that's an intellectual ascent, like if I have faith in God, this means I believe that a God exists, whereas really what the Bible, both linguistically and sort of a narrative in the story, shows that faith isn't so much agreeing as to whether or not there's a God, but actually commending our lives, trusting God, following where God leads us. And this week, we uh, are in chapter 9. And in chapter 9, there are two different people whom we meet. One is Paul, who originally goes by Saul. And sort of as he becomes a Christian, he changes his name to Paul. And the other is Ananias. Uh, Paul is way more famous than Ananias. But I think both of their stories, um, I think we can um, find ourselves, uh, hopefully, in, in one story um, or another. And Paul is uh, naturally a more aggressive, risk-seeking, willing to sort of confront, willing to sort of uh, just sort of take it on kind of person. And where we actually meet him, this great, you know, again, alleged founder of a new world religion, um, is he's on the road and he's going to um, imprison. Um, and in fact, he had, the first time we met him was when he was actually witnessing a stoning, an execution of the first Christian martyr, Stephen. And so it might not have even just been imprisonment. And uh, the Bible here in um, chapter 9, it says that anyone who belonged to the way, men or women, and he might bring them arrested or bound to Jerusalem. This is how the Christian church was referred to uh, at first, members of the way, uh, the road, the path. And interesting to consider, um, yeah, that we are, we are those who are 
on the way with Jesus, and there's also a strong sense in the early Christian church that the way following Jesus, again, wasn't just intellectual ascent, but it came with a way of living, a way of being the Easter, the resurrected, the people of of hope in this world. So Paul is boldly doing something. He believes that God has has commissioned him to uh, arrest Christians because they are a threat to um, his sense of faith, uh, their heretics, and and furthermore that you know they might even really jeopardize through their presence, um, sort of the the necessary peace in in Palestine uh, vis-a-vis the Roman Empire. So he's doing this, and then uh, Jesus comes, and there's, and I just want to sort of uh, highlight something really uh, interesting here uh, in verse uh, 4. Jesus says to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And what's interesting here is that Jesus uses the word me when uh, Paul up to this point has been persecuting Christians. And so here we have an identification of Jesus with those who suffer for the faith with the church. Again, uh, the book of Acts as a whole is going to identify uh, Jesus very tightly with the living, breathing community of his followers. And over time, historically, because of the sins of the church, we sort of need there to be some separation between Jesus and the church because the church has done horrible things in Jesus' name. But it's, it's a powerful reminder here that Jesus says, you know, when you kill people who are um, for their faith in him, you're, you're killing and you're persecuting him. It's almost, again, like Matthew 25, the sheep and the goats. Um, you know, what you did to the least of these, you did to me. Jesus is identifying here with those who are being uh, persecuted. But, but Paul ends up getting knocked off his, his high horse, and he's blinded. In, in life, um, and, and I think there's sort of two ways we can a lot of ways, but two ways that come to mind to think about this. The one is, um, in in your life, uh, when have you been knocked off your high horse? Uh, When have uh, you been humbled? And at the time when you hit ground, um, yeah, it hurt. And in retrospect, though, you saw in that a profound movement of God in your life. It may be that you didn't hear a voice that so clearly said, you know, you're being an arrogant jerk. But as you fell to the ground and as you hit bottom, you realized the need for repentance. You realized that God was telling you that you were far too arrogant or that you were simply heading in the wrong direction. This can happen in life. We're we're so confident, we're so sure that what we're doing is is the right thing, and we just discover that we're just headed in, in a really in a bad and, and wrong direction. And this is sort of terrifying on the one hand that God can knock us off our high horse, but I, I find there's something comforting that um, God would rather knock us off our high horse uh, than have us go any further down the wrong road. <laughs> Again, God would rather knock us off our high horse 
uh, sometimes and have us go down the, the wrong road. And so I'm just curious if you've had those experiences in your life where uh, the Lord has humbled you just because you need to be humbled or even that the Lord knocked you off your horse because you were just going in the, in the wrong direction. Well, Paul here is um, is is blinded, and it's I think a a metaphor for his his spiritual uh, blindness that he has. So you might be somebody who is given to natural boldness, but you you discover in life that that maybe the way the Lord comes to you is to, <laughs> you know, basically knock it off and to be more humble. And what's, and what's fascinating, too, is that when the, the Lord speaks to me, he says, look, he says, get up and uh, get up and go. In fact, it's um, a play on a number of times when in the Old Testament, God speaks to, the, to Abraham or others, get up and go. Enter the city and you will be told what to do. Uh, you know, a total surrendering of control. So you might, again, find yourself as somebody who's naturally bold, but what's really hard for you to do is to, to give up a sense of, of control in, in your life. Hmm. Okay, well, then we meet the, the lesser known of, of these two, uh, Ananias, who um, has a crucial role to play here. And Ananias, too, is called into action. And when Ananias is called, it's he's not blinded. He's not knocked off his high horse. But nonetheless, he's called to do something that he's not comfortable with. He's called also to get up and go and to find Saul. And Ananias is scared. In fact, he's so scared that he even tells God the reasons why this is not a good idea. And just so you know, the more you start telling God that it's not a good idea, just you might as well start just packing your bags. Getting ready. Right? The, the Bible's full of people from Jonah to, yeah, just to Mary, all sorts of people who say, God, I this, this, yes, on that, 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 yeah. But, but uh, Ananias here, he's just really scared. Uh, and, and rightfully so, because again, he, you know, Paul has been putting people in prison. He's got this tremendous fear. But he's heard the voice of the Lord, and and so he he risks his life. He risks his place in society. He risks his well-being, his reputation, and and he goes. And uh, when he's there, then he he transforms uh, Paul's life, and he um, yeah he you know and there's this beautiful verse here in verse eighteen that something like scales fell from Paul's eyes and his sight was restored. He got up and was baptized, and he regained his strength. Ananias' act of faith here wasn't about simply knowing the right words. He says the right words, here I am, Lord. This is what one should say when the Lord calls. Um, again, it's, it's not even about um, knowing the right amount of data about the world. He, he knows that, you know, Paul is, is sort of breathing fire down Christians' necks. Uh, what, what faith is then this trust, though, that somehow God is active and alive in this world that isn't perfect, 
that has sinners, that has sin in, in every heart, um, but that God nonetheless calls us forward in, into action, into trusting. And both Paul and, and Ananias aren't told the, the fullness of, of what's going to happen. <laughs> they're, they're just kind of told ultimately to trust in the next step. But maybe you've uh, been like, like Ananias in your life where you've had a sense that God is calling you into something, a new venture, a new relationship, to say goodbye to a relationship that's toxic, to move on from a situation, but you, you're not sure. You're not sure if it's the right step, and there's all sorts of objective reasons why one should say no, but there's something, a tug, a voice, strong sense, a premonition that you're being led, being called forth in a certain direction. And so you go. You go. Yeah. So Paul and Ananias here, I, I love how their stories play off of each other. Where one is the bold and the dramatic, and the other, it's more of an inner drama. There's no blinding flashes of light, but there's a real struggle in terms of Ananias' call. And sometimes when the, the Lord comes to us, um, the Lord, uh, there's a, you know, the Lord afflicts the comfortable and comforts the afflicted. And in this case, um, the Lord is, is going to come in, into both Ananias' and Paul's life in, in a way of discomfort. For Paul, it's going to be telling him that he was going down the wrong road that for uh, Ananias, he's going to have to go down the road he doesn't want to go down. <laughs> and in both cases, the, the common thread is, first of all, the one who calls, and that's Jesus. And, and then also the, um, the methodology, uh, methodology is not the right word, but the, the fact that it's, it's not going to be by a, a play-by-play, like God's not like, well, here's sort of the punch list at the end of a project. Here's the 20 next steps you have to do. It's often a much more simple, like, you need to do X. And then really from there, we'll sort of check in and see how you're going to do. <laughs> it's, it's a real uh, living you know, Paul uh, is going to talk in his writings about the power of faith. And at one point, he's going to say, the righteous shall live by faith. He's going to quote the Old Testament in that. And you see here, this is really Paul having to live in faith. He thought one thing, and now his world is changing. And, and all he can go on here is this sense that he heard the voice of the Lord to take this next step. So where in your life, then, are you being called? Where in your life are you hearing the voice of God that's challenging you to take another step? Either a step in another direction because you're headed in the wrong one, or maybe a step in a direction you know where you have to go, you just don't quite have the courage to go in that direction yet. Well, I pray that these stories of Paul and Ananias will help you find yourself in them and that you will be in inspired to boldness, to, to, to open your heart to, to how God is calling you to, to move forward. We'll keep going with the, the book of, of Acts these next couple weeks. We'll resume the, our pod and pub on Wednesday, but obviously many people listen far away. And feel free to email me or ask me your, your questions as, as we uh, ponder anew together these ancient stories of Scripture.